<laughs> Got him on 99. Dolander is to pitching as Zoolander is to modeling. Yo, what is up, everybody? It's time, and we are back once again. It's the End Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers. Boys, tonight is a good one. It's episode 32, and it's titled Chasing the Top Spot because... The guy that we got joining us is a two-time guest now, and he is coming from the University of Tennessee, and they are chasing the top spot, gentlemen. They should have had it last year, but now they know what needs to happen, and we're going to get the story from the man himself, Chase Dolander. So, guys, I don't want to mess around. Let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week. The University of Tennessee baseball star, Chase Dolander. Chase, my man, welcome back. How are you tonight? Doing great. How are y'all? Man, blessed to be here. Go Big Orange. But let's let's jump right into it. I, I was... I saw you guys in Jackson, Tennessee, in the longest game I've ever seen recorded in the history of mankind. Uh, good yeah. day for you guys. Uh, happened to see you running up the stairs, and you know you you were on the way. So tell us, man, what were you? Who were you on the way to meet? We were uh, so me and a couple of teammates were on the way to meet the chancellor of Tennessee. Um, oh. She she came to the game along with some of the some of her high up friends, and so we were we were going over there to kind of talk. So big timer, man. Quick, quick question though: What do you even know what the Chancellor of Tennessee does? Because I don't. Sound sounds <laughs> sounds, sounds great. Se- sexy yeah. sounds like this. She awesome is thing. she is the boss. That's all you need to know. The boss, Donde Plowman. What she but, does is she throws out the first pitch in the Tennessee Memphis. But honestly, is game. she more important than you, Randy? Did you deserve to be bypassed, my guy? Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a fair point. The only reason I wasn't offended by Drew and Chase both walking by me like they ain't know me is that I was sitting right next to Drew's dad and he bypassed him like he didn't know him either. So I didn't really get too offended by it. Uh, but it's all good. But Chase, I got let's dive into something, man. I saw your Nerf promo, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into that. But I want to know. I mean, everybody knows that you are a pitcher, right? right so. Right. How many times did you have to film that to stroke the ball like that? And why are the pitchers hitting and the hitters pitching? I mean, we I'm pretty sure we filmed it twice. Um, you know, just we got the one and then we had another one as well, just in case that one didn't work out. But to be honest with you, I can't I can't really explain to you as why the pitchers are hitting and <laughs> the hitters are pitching. That's a really good question. I I came across that and maybe I didn't see the right version. But the version I saw was like audio was really, really sketchy. Really? And, yeah. And it was like almost like it was homemade. And I thought <laughs> I thought to myself, like, you know, all that social media that they have at the University of Tennessee, like that's the best they could do. But this isn't a Tennessee <laughs> thing. It's a it's a nice thing. No, I, I get all that. But I was like, man, they could have like 
they could have put you guys like in a stadium. They could have put you just they could have put a pitcher out there. You could have been hitting bombs on anybody. <laughs> Here's the thing. I actually still don't know how well either Chase hit the ball because the version I saw actually was nicely done. And Randy is what I'm talking about. The graphic that was used, like it blows up when he hits it. So I don't know. He might have hit that thing 10 feet. I can't tell because there was an explosion. Listen, I probably won 10 feet. I promise you that. Yeah, it was like 22. But listen, all right. <laughs> you lost you lost as Chase Burns. So, you know, a little disappointed in that. But then we saw some other LSU, their LSU and off the bench guests, Tommy White, Alex Malazzo doing a little camp too. But I got to know, would the two chases dominate the LSU boys in this nerf challenge? Oh, 100%. There's no question. So listen, Tommy White, Alex Malazzo, they're talking to you, man. The nerf challenge is on. Let's I'm go. Sorry. It. <laughs> I'm sorry. Chase, Chase is going to see Tommy White soon enough. You're right. You're right. So no, Tommy White going to see him. Yeah. So obviously we were supposed to have Zane Denton on and uh you know something that you and him had similar was um that y'all had faced uh your opponent or you had faced Tennessee as an opponent before you had came there. So with Zane not being here, you know, the question I was going to have for you regardless that you'd still be able to answer, um uh, were you able to talk to Zane as he came in and talk to him about what it's like, you know, especially having a culture change and and joining a team that you played against? Um, you know, during his whole process, I, I think I was at home whenever he took his visit and stuff like that um, during the summer. So I didn't really get a chance to talk to him. But I know when he got on campus, him and I kind of him and I were kind of skittish a little bit because of kind of what happened during the season. Um, but w- once we got past that, we, we kind of made, made a joke about it and stuff and stuff like that. And so we, we kind of became close and started talking a lot about how, how, you know, what it was like facing Tennessee and what the energy was like and stuff like that. I mean, see, see them dudes that bat flip, Jim. See the, you <laughs> never know when a transfer is going to roll in and be your teammate. You well, I'm that? I'm curious to to know if you know. I mean, Zane came from a rival school in Bama, but you know, obviously Chase took the tormenting from old Drew Gilbert. You know, with the, with the bat flip thing. So I'm wondering. Yeah. Did, I mean, did y'all give Zane a hard time being that he came from Bama, and did he take it as hard as you did from Drew? Um, I feel like we gave him a pretty hard time. Uh, just maybe just a little bit, but not definitely not as much as I got from Drew about it. Um, he he took it like a champ though. I mean, he kind of laughed it off, like you know, like because he knew we were joking and stuff. So I haven't seen Zane in person in a while. Does he still look like he's fifteen years old? Be honest with me, Chase. He does. <laughs> fifteen is pushing it too. Randy, we talk about you know what Tennessee does well. I still have yet to get a picture of zane denton in uniform with his face every picture is from behind <laughs> it's only because of the number 44 that i even know it's zane when somebody's gonna have to get a picture of my man in a tennessee uniform so we can prove that he's really on the team <laughs> but uh you know speaking of drew you guys had a lot of guys move on to the next level through the draft and free agency uh you know how tough is it, man? Just to, um, obviously, you still got a lot of guys that stayed around. You got new guys coming right. in, but man, y'all lost so many. You know, how tough is it emotionally just losing all those guys and them not being around anymore? It, I mean, it it is really tough. No matter what anybody says, I mean, you can try and hide it as much as you want, but having those guys, having the, all those older guys as a leader, um, you know, throughout that season, and you know, just having having the abrupt ending. And seeing them all leave and go to pro ball was was pretty hard. But, you know, it's just – it's room for different guys to step up and become those leaders, um, which is kind of what 
you know some of the some of the draft eligible guys this year did, and so even some of the younger guys and than than I am um, have a have a chance to kind of step up to that leadership role. So the guys who left, uh, who do you still talk to the most regularly? Uh, I'd say probably Drew. Um, him and I, I mean, they all they're they're really all working out right now at at Tennessee. So I see pretty much all of them every day. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Drew. I talk to him a lot. Ben Joyce, I talk to him a lot. Um, Will Mabry, you know, all really all of them as much as I can, just kind of pick their brains about how, how Pro Bowl's going. How impressed were you by how Ben Joyce just went to Double A and started dominating? I knew it was going to happen. I mean, it didn't really impress me just because I knew it was going to happen. Um, I, I kind of figured that that will that's what was going to happen, and he's probably going to go to big league spring training and then make the make the forty man roster at the end of that. That's kind of my vision for him, but obviously, it's not in my control. Well, it should be. It should be absolutely. So, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you know, I was at obviously I mentioned I was at in Jackson seeing you guys play, and uh, there's another guy by you know I think it's Zach Joyce, right, Ben's brother. And from like a distance, man, that dude kind of—he looks really similar to Ben Joyce build, yeah. and, and you know, so so can I talk to me about that? What's it like? I mean, obviously, he comes in the year after his brother leaves, but I mean, does he yeah. pitch similar? They have very similar mechanics. <laughs> um, Zach Zach doesn't throw as hard as Ben, but in my opinion, his off speed stuff is better. Um, so he has a he has a chance of having a lot of innings this year, and. <laughs> The fact that they're twins just kind of makes it all come together uh, for the reasons why they act they act, they act the same. They do the same things. It's, yeah, it's their hilarious. mannerisms were similar when they were walking out. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was it was so strange. But so yeah. listen, I got I seen all these videos, Chase, of the six star pro nutrition. So so <laughs> tell me, man, like how hard you been in that weight room? Cuz I've been in it pretty hard. You know, you know how Q is our strength coach. He he, he gets after it. Yeah, he gets after it a little bit, man. So, uh, obviously, you know, fall ball, um, you know, we know about you and what you bring to the table, obviously, as an SEC pitcher. You proved that last year. A lot of preseason accolades, including D1 projected number two MLB draft pick. We'll move that up to number one before it's all said and done. But, um, obviously, Ch Chase Burns, Drew Beam, all those guys, household names. But tell us about some of the new guys that have impressed you in the fall that we look to carry over into the spring. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, there's a lot of pitchers that kind of have impressed me. Um there's a lot of JUCO guys that we brought in. Uh, one's my roommate, Bryce Jenkins. He's he's shorter, but, I mean, he's been up to 95, has some pretty good off-speed stuff. Um, another one's Andrew Lindsay. He came from – I think he came from Walters with Zach. Um, he's up to 97 with heavy sink, so he's going to be a really good weapon for us. And another guy, Aaron Combs, I'm pretty sure he came from Coastal, I want to say, Coastal Carolina. Shades um, clears? Exactly. Uh, he has a very whippy arm action, and so his fastball rides really well up in the top part of the zone, and so he's going to be another weapon for us. I mean, just off the top of my head, those are the three that I can think of. Look, that that's this is the best, like, description of newcomers that anyone has ever gave. <laughs> he's got heavy sink, good velo, and whippy arm action. Love whippy. it. I Love it. Speaking DB's language, man. <laughs> so, same question on the hitting side. The names that obviously a lot of uh, you guys got your fair share of attention on the pitching side, but there was so much power, so many hits in that lineup. Obviously, we talked about Drew Gilbert, Luke Lipschitz, all these guys, Evan Russell, obviously king of the show, right? 
all right. these guys that are leaving Jordan Beck. I mean, you could, I could go on and on and on, but um, so, you know, that's something obviously they're going to have to be replacing, but they've been there and done that before the year before that as well. But besides Blake Burke and his 30 bombs that, you know, we, we figure he's got on deck and, and Zane Denton, of course, we saw him do a little bit of hitting who else would we be on the lookout for? Maybe they've been on the team or maybe it's a new guy. Yeah, so I mean, uh, Christian Moore, he's probably going to be our starting second Dead. baseman. And my, yeah, he's a he's a stud. Um, Kavaris Tears, he's a he was a redshirt freshman last year, and he, I mean, he can freaking bang. Let me tell you, I mean, it's almost like Blake Burke, in my opinion. Like when he gets a hold of it, it it, it goes. Um, we have another guy, Alex Stanwich. He's a freshman. Um, once he figures it out, he's going to be really good. Has a lot of power. Very strong. Uh, another one, Reese Chapman. He's a, he's also a freshman. Um, once uh, again, once he figures it out, he's going to be really good for us. And then, of course, Maui, uh, Maui Ahuna, probably our starting shortstop in my opinion. Um, he's a freaking weapon. That <laughs> I mean, he, he's insane. And then, of course, we got Jared Dickey. He's arguably one of the best hitters in SEC. So y'all gave him credit with all his description earlier. I'm a little disappointed on this one because I didn't hear my boy Kyle Booker. I, ju I just well, left yeah. Austin Riley and DeSoto Central, and then he didn't even mention the local the local kid. Kyle <laughs> I'm disappointed. All, all I know is I heard Maui, and the first thing I'm thinking is Maui <laughs> and Moana. Like I'm picturing a dude, like a big, thick dude at shortstop with long, flowy hair just – Oh no! No, he's it ain't that. He's a skinny fella, and you should hear his walkout song. It's it's pretty. It's pretty sick. So, on that what, note, what is it? What is it? I got. I gotta know. I'm pretty sure it's Hawaiian. It's called Hawaiian Superman, and it says Maui in it. Oh, like, well, for, that's what that's what's going to be your intro music for this episode. But <laughs> so I gotta. I want to talk about Kyle Booker. I'm glad Jim brought him yeah. up. Obviously, in the scrimmage game, Kyle got to play a lot of defense, made some phenomenal plays, hit the ball. Um, I think that what I, I want to talk about Kyle Booker and and his character got to know his family yeah. a little bit recently and Jim knows his family too so it's no surprise that he's like this a lot of guys with his talent that came up in the program that he did here locally they could have transferred out and gone to find somewhere else where they could have right. got in right away what book has done is stayed the path he's done his job he's been a great teammate by all accounts and it seems like he's going to get a chance to play so that to me speaks to his character, his parent, his parents, their their character, and also the guys at Tennessee, right? Vitello and the staff there for just sticking with him and, and developing right. a guy into what I think he's going to be, you know, going into this year. But uh, Chase, I got to ask you a question, man, I, and I've been wanting to ask you this. I think I messaged you a few times during the season about this too. Um, since you came to Tennessee, Ooh. you have gotten to see a different atmosphere as far as football goes. You know, right. they started getting they were they were pretty good last year, you know, won some games that shouldn't have had some great atmospheres, but this year has been on another level. We have seen the atmospheres be off the chain, but on top of that, we got to see you guys on game day. We got to see you guys on the field. Yeah. I mean, you guys were out there doing your thing. You know, I saw some overalls and just tell me how fun has that been for you guys? And also, how fun was it to see Vitello kind of in the spotlight again, not only on game day or whatever, the pregame show, but then on the field, they're cheering him as loud as they do hype. It, I mean, it's incredible for us. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of takes us away from baseball. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a distraction almost. Um, you know, we have a Saturday night where it's going to be loaded. It's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. And we have some good football to watch in front of us. I mean, we, we we played a lot of really good teams at home and we put the beating on them. And so that's always fun to watch. And then, you know, seeing V in the spotlight is, it, I mean, he, he's made for it. <laughs> like, he is, man. He's I so like, good at it. 
Yeah, I feel like you can't argue that. He, uh, I mean, he, that dude will do anything. I feel like this this town will do anything for, for V. Oh, um, man. He could be the mayor. Easy. Yeah. I mean, like, think about it, Randy. Line. I got the Spotify 2022 update today and immediately tagged you in it. And who had the most downloaded episode? No surprise. Oh, Tony of, of course, of course. <laughs> but to, I want to ask you a little deeper question, uh, specifically about the Alabama game. How loud was the stadium that night? It was insanely loud. I mean, I was just sitting in the student section with a headache because it was I couldn't hear myself think. <laughs> it was so loud. So let me ask you another question. When the kick goes in, first of all, uh, you know, I acted a complete fool because I'm a lot older than you. I haven't seen uh, Tennessee beat Alabama uh, since, you know, like 15 years ago. I was still young then. But did you all rush the field or what, man? Talk to us, man. Oh, yeah, we did. We were on the field. I promise. Oh, I seen y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were holding they were holding the goal goal post walking out the stage. Did y'all end up that, down that by the river? That wasn't us. <laughs> I think we would have got a little bit of trouble. That no, was no, us. no doubt. But man, the atmosphere's been crazy seeing you guys buy in. So I mean you obviously you probably have some friends, but like are you guys close to those like hooker, any of those guys on the football team? Um I'm kind of close with uh some of the tight ends. Um uh Hunter Hunter Salmon and uh Oh my goodness! I can't even think of his name right now. He's tight with him, but he don't know his name. Uh, yeah. that, see, you is it Princeton? No, it's not Princeton. Uh, got, he can't even put a shirt on his neck so big. <laughs> uh, Jacob is the other one. He's Jacob Warren. There it is. Jacob uh, Warren. Yeah, so we're all in the one ten, which is kind of a like a church service kind of thing that that we do um, with FCA and, and AIA um, kind of combined. And so they all go to that, and it, we're all really close. So what what, what I noticed though. You know, Randy, you're talking about everything we've seen with them. Is Chase was smart enough to not be a part of holding the Tony V sign um, that was, uh, you know, him half naked and whatnot. And Drew Beam, Drew Beam was at the, at the head of that and his overalls. Oh, Drew, oh Drew had it, son. Yeah, Drew came up with that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the thing. People asked who was behind that, and I said, all you got to do is go to Twitter. It was there. Drew was asking people who could make him a sign within the next couple of days, and I was like, yep. I mean, he outed himself. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with all that, football's fun and everything. Y'all beat the mess out of LSU, so I'm moving right I'm moving right past it and get, get on to it. Uh, back to baseball. Y'all come off the, the best regular season you can basically possibly have and, and fall short in Super Regionals. Um, is that something that, like, you've honestly put behind you and you've clearly focused for it, or is this still something that kind of, you know, is bothering you in the back of your head? It, it definitely is something that is bothering me still um, just because of the fact that we weren't able to, to go to Omaha for the guys that have given so much to that team. Um, you know, the guys that have been there for five, six years, we weren't able to to get them to go to Omaha. Um, so that, that just kind of sticks in the back of my head. And, you know, our strength coach, he went to the Cubs for the spring and then came back. And, you know, that's all he talks about is I didn't come back to not win a national championship. And so, I mean, he doesn't let us forget it, but there comes a point in time where you kind of do have to put it behind you because it's last season. Um, and this year is this year, obviously. And so you kind of have to look forward, but you can still have that chip on your shoulder um, from what happened last year. Well, you remember I messaged you and I told you the key this season. Remember, don't finish with that number one next to you. Look, I've told the LSU boys the same thing. It's I believe in it. It's real. 1999. 
it's 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 a thing. I don't care if uh, people can say they're not superstitious. It's something about having that number one because y'all were clearly the best team, and the year before Arkansas was the best team. And yeah, I don't know, it's it, so hard though. What do you lose on purpose? I yes, mean, you the last year. No. That's what I told Chase exactly. I said if you're nobody one does going that. into the last weekend of the season, get swept out. Yes, look, you gonna so they get down. Let's just say they get down. They're playing Florida, a bitter rival. They don't put these fools' helmets on in the locker room. They're gonna lose to them dudes in the is SEC. That, title. Is that who they got last? Because that is a terrible scenario. That's what they was. That's who they played in the SEC title. You can't. I mean, you yeah, ain't losing yeah. that game. That was our SEC championship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but game. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the last regular season series. That whoever oh, no, it is. No. You oh, just gotta get. You just gotta get swept out by whoever it is. If it's Florida or Vandy, then I understand you can't do that. But whoever else, you just lay it down. No, we played Mississippi State, remember? Yeah, but yeah, I'm that, talking about that one. That was that was T work. But no, this was my advice coming to this next. Oh, okay, okay. Next year, yeah. Guess what? Guess what? About? Yeah, no, man. Why do you have to take that shot at Mississippi State like that, Randy? Look, I wasn't taking the shot. I was just telling you. Look, no, hey, that, hey, that was the thing. Look, they spend so much time Chase, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State going back and forth that that was actually one of their arguing points was Ole they Miss beat y'all like, worse. Yeah, Ole Miss was like, yeah, they came in and beat the mess out of us, but they didn't hang. What was it? Twenty twenty-seven. Yeah, they were like so. So like that was old Mrs. Bragging rights to Mrs. <laughs> At least we didn't get beat by that bad. I was like, golly, y'all find anything. And we I was know. talking so much mess to old Miss and Mississippi State fans just to have it all thrown back in my face two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, speaking of uh, you know, doing doing a little trash talking and and setting up uh, you know, Randy. Unfortunately, I don't know if you know this, but uh, we had Jack Brannigan on the next week after uh, they beat you guys. And I purposely uh, set him up to have to ask all the right questions, but the wrong questions for him. And so you see how he, he did me chase. He, yeah, he, he has still, uh, he's still a little hard on me, but I brought that up on purpose because Jack Brandigan came on here and that was the thing. Randy tells everybody, he was so nice. It was hard to like get mad, but he literally said that y'all were the better team, but, just not that weekend. I thought that was an accurate statement. I mean, yeah. he, he even he, said y'all were the best team in baseball. And then yeah. to, to further, we had Delucia on, who was the most outstanding player, you know, obviously the College World Series, said the same thing. And, and then further doubled down and said, Notre Dame did us the biggest favor because we didn't want to see Tennessee at all. So I think everybody knows – just how good y'all were. And like Jack said, just that weekend, and, and Randy had made it clear on this podcast numerous times, the only team he did not want y'all to play was Notre Dame because of the veterans on that team. And and so yeah. it just happened to play out that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, that Notre Dame team was old. And they had a lot of they had a lot of really experienced guys. And so, I mean, like he had said, I mean, we were the best team. But going into that weekend, there was so much going on. Um you know, outside of the outside of the lines that I, I feel like some guys couldn't really handle it. Um, and then obviously with the whole Drew Gilbert thing and, um, you know, that just kind of put us, it kind of shifted our shifted our mindset a little bit whenever that happened. And so, you know, I went out there on Saturday and tried to do the, to, to try to do what I could for the team and save the bullpen a little bit. And uh, it just ended up not, not being enough, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, no, it just, it just seemed like uh, I mean they were I'm I'm really surprised they didn't win at all. It, after winning that, it seems like you know almost like yeah. they were a team of destiny. But they were really you know, good. Moving forward into this season, you know, with all the arm talent you guys got, I don't think it's arrogant to say um, that y'all should absolutely not even just be a highly ranked team. But Omaha is, is not just the goal, but it it should be what's expected. 
um, mm-hmm. with what you got. Would you say that's a fair assessment? Is that something that you guys feel like as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's fair. I feel like every team is kind of expecting go, to go to Omaha. But, you know, with this team and all the guys, I say all the guys that came back, obviously we lost a lot of guys, but we also had a lot lot of guys come back that really haven't got a chance to play. And so, I mean, they've experienced Omaha, so they know what it's like. Um, I mean, it's it's an expectation for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, the the three of us, especially Daniel being the pitcher, you know, we we believe in pitching more than hitting. And so it's kind of funny because people will continuously tell us, well, Tennessee lost so much. And it's like uh, their pitchers are back. They lost Blade, but, I mean, I was like – and obviously Joyce. But I'm as far as the starting guys, it's like, dude, Doander Beam and, and, and Burns are back. And then on top of that, y'all have Halverson now, right? Like, he, is he healthy? So it's like, get, give me the arms all day. The arm talent is where it's at. Yeah. So the last question, I'll let Daniel talk to you some. You know, we were you're joking about LSU, you know, and everything. What series do you look forward to more, LSU at the box or Arkansas at Bomb Walker? That's a that's a hard one because those are two really really good series. But I, I'm really looking forward to the LSU series. Um, I've always heard of heard of the the atmosphere that's at the box, and so I'm I'm pretty I'm really excited to go. It's gonna be a really fun. fun week. They'll be a, a little less nasty to you, I, you know. Bomb Walker, they get they get a little. Oh. Intense. Be be ready for that chase. It's coming. Oh, I've heard we had so we had Rudman who went to Arkansas, um, like a few years ago. I can't remember when he went. He said that it was probably the nastiest place he's ever been, just because of the how how much the fans get onto you and stuff like that. So, yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee definitely with that schedule, you know, having to go to those two places, it's. Hey, y'all go through those and take care of business on those. I'll definitely go right to the casino and lay my money on y'all to win it all. <laughs> Chase, that's a – I mean, when you when you go to Alex Box, that's an important matchup, man, because right now MLB has you as the number two of the top 100 draft prospects. And the guy that's in front of you just happens to play for LSU. Yep. So that's that's like a deciding factor. If you go in and you shut that dude down with three Ks and you get some heavy sink and some whippy arm action and your velo is is there, like like you're gonna move like there if there was a spot higher than number one, that's where you would move. <laughs> Daniel, you so, know, you know a fun fact because somebody was asking me in regards to my son and his fandom, and you know, I was explaining how he's a Mississippi State fan. And I said, actually, I said, he likes Tennessee and Ole Miss more than LSU. And they said, why do you say that? And and Chase would be one that could understand that. He takes pictures with all the Tennessee guys. He gets autographs and everything. I mean, Dylan Cruz, he walked right up to Dylan Cruz, and Dylan Cruz went to fist bump him, Chase, and he withdrew his hand and told him, Hail State. And I was like, this dude just stiffed the best player in the country. He didn't even do that to the Tennessee Cats. I like it. I like it. Uh, I mean, that's that's that's, dedic- that's dedication. I I guess uh his elf didn't do shit for his mind. No, he actually growled at me, bro. <laughs> so, Chase, I got a question before we before we move on, man. You know, we we talk about, you know, where you are now, obviously, you know, projected number 2 pick playing in the SEC on a on a great team like you were last year, high expectations going into this year, but it wasn't that long ago, you know, coming out of high school, we've had you on before, you didn't have all those offers, you dealt with some injuries, you know, you were playing at Georgia Southern or was it Georgia Southern? Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Georgia Southern. 
get seen by Tennessee. So if you just rewind it, you know, two years ago, 18 months ago, did you see yourself here at all? Um, I saw what I could be, I guess is a good answer. Um, it was just a matter of being around the people that could get me there. Um, and, and, you know, really putting in the work and I, I contribute that a lot to making that decision to transfer. Um, cause I knew as soon as I got here, I was like, all right, it's time to go to work. Um, you know, I'm not going to be given anything, so I'm going to have to work for it. And, you know, having that mindset has helped me a lot and kind of transformed me into the picture I am today. So last question I got for you, and I'll let you, they'll let you move on. But um, when you – have you had a chance, not just for yourself, obviously, to see your rise and the work that you've put in? And, and we've probably asked you this before, but have you had a chance to really think about what role you have had and what role these other guys have had into bringing Tennessee into a new age of baseball and making them one of the top programs in the SEC and in the country? I mean, yeah, I've, I've thought about it, and it's really cool to think. I mean, like I said, um, not being able to go to Omaha for the guys that have given so much to this program. I mean, that kind of gives tribute to all the guys that have, you know, sacrificed so much just to just to build this program back to where it needs to be. And I feel like Omaha is the standard for us now. Like, it's either Omaha or it wasn't a good season. And no matter no matter what our record was, we could have went 57-9. and nine. We could have went – you know, whatever. But I feel like if we didn't make Omaha, it, it wasn't really a good season. So, you know, you, you talk about building this thing up. You talk about, you know, Omaha or bus. Obviously, you know, you are really one of the, the key factors in making that happen. Obviously, mm -hmm. you're you're a big arm. You're the guy you're for crying out loud. You're the number two draft prospect in the country right now soon to be number one um but with that i mean is there pressure like to live up to all these different like new you know expectations that may not have been previous expectations they may have been thoughts and like okay that's where we want to be but now the reality is that yeah all of those things are attainable like what what is the pressure and is there pressure to to meet those expectations because i know last year Obviously, you, you got a, a, a sour taste in your mouth after last year because you're clearly the top team in the country and it just doesn't pan out the way that you guys want. I mean, there's 100 percent pressure, but, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of have to you have to go day by day and not not look too far into the future. Um, so that I just kind of try and keep my head where my feet are at. And like I said, just take it day by day, because, you know, if, if you get too far ahead, that pressure will build up because you'll start thinking about what could be instead of what's happening right now. And, you know, th that's something that's taken me a long time to learn. Um, but it, it has helped me tremendously just kind of putting it all out on the table. Like this is what could happen, address it, leave it behind and go. Um, so that that's helped me a lot. I like that saying, keep your head where your feet are at. Who taught you that? That's something you just came up with on, on, on the fly. No, I'm, is my mom actually said that one to me one time, and it just kind of stuck with me. Man, that's that's uh very simple, but it, it makes a whole lot of sense, especially with with what you guys are are doing now. Um, is there anything that you from the end of last year to now, you know, obviously, you know, everyone knows the type of arm you are, but. Was there one thing in particular that you said, you know what, I got to get better at this. This is the one thing that I know like, is going to propel me 
personally like take the team out of it just like be kind of selfish right now what's the one thing that you've been working on to up your game um you know one thing for sure is being more consistent with my curveball um because i feel like that's it could be such a good pitch if i'm able to use it properly um so coach a and i our pitching coach have have been working really hard this fall just kind of make it harder and sharper um so that that way I can use it more and have more of a four-pitch mix than just a two-pitch mix because, you know, that Campbell series, I always say they were ready for me, but I, I kind of wasn't as ready for them as they were ready for me because of the fact that they were so good uh, seeing my fastball on slider. I didn't really make the adjustments necessary to to be able to, you know, go deep into that game. And so I, I kind of took that and learned from it. And then I talked to Coach A. I was like, look, this is what I want to work on. And he agreed. And so, you know, this coming season is going to be a lot, a lot of, um, I'm going to have a four pitch mix definitely for this season. And uh, so I'm pretty excited about it. So what, what does that mean? If you're, if you're wanting to have a harder breaking ball, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the thought that most people might have is, well, he's just going to throw it harder. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that may or may not be the case, but what is it that you're doing with the breaking ball that's going to give you that harder break? Just being more patient in my lower half, um, Usually when I throw that breaking ball, I, I get really jumpy out of my lower half. And so everything kind of, you know, um, we call it cast because it, it like it, whenever you pull it, your arm kind of goes like this. And so, um, so you know, just kind of fixing that is going to help me drive it to the plate rather than trying to make it break. And just that in itself is it has up the RPMs. It's up the it's up the speed. It, it, the, it breaks more. It's sharper. I mean, it, it's looking really good right now. So. Yeah. And, you know, things like that, I mean, and it could be even little things that Mm -hmm. you, you tweak mechanically, but you know, I think at this point, like you're, you're the guy and you're going to get everybody's best effort. And it's almost as if every time you step foot on the mound, you got a target on your back, but Mm -hmm. really the whole, the whole program, anytime that Tennessee's across the diamond from another team, like you're going to get their best effort. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with that, you know, what does coach tell you guys? I mean, obviously baseball is a game of failures and and you're going to lose games and you're going to not play well and you're going to have some failures along the way. But what does he tell you as far as, you know, hey, guys, like we got to be perfect. We don't have to win every game, but we got to just be, you know, stay within ourselves And like you said, keep keep your head where your feet are. Like, what is, what is his message to you guys as far as like moving into this new season? I mean, he always tells us it's not going to be easy this year uh, because of the fact that we have that target on our back. And he always just says, you know, if we do the little things right, things will take kind of take care of itself. And he always uses this, this saying called, I mean, he, all he says is just play catch. I mean, that's all you can do uh, to play baseball. I mean, you, you're just playing catch. It's, it's just a glorified, you know, bigger version of playing catch. And so he he loves to say that, and it kind of it kind of simplifies everything to make it to where it's really simple. It's really easy to understand, and I mean, it, it's kind of the basis of the game. And so I feel like if if we're able to do that, we'll be just fine. Daniel, I, th- I bet as a former base or as a pitcher and a and a coach, you you really like that. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, the one thing that I think coaches do a really bad job at, well, two things. One, they take away from the intentionality of what baseball is designed to do. It's a game. 
Mm. And then two, they overcomplicate a very, very simplistic game, which mm. is exactly what you said, Chase, is you're just playing catch. Yep. You know, you're just trying to <laughs> play catch better than the other team. And obviously you gotta you gotta swing the sticks a little bit, you know, in the middle, but like essentially that's it. You're you're making contact with the ball and you're throwing and catching with guys on your team. So exactly. Um yeah, the 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 more simple you can make it, the the better off you you'll be. Because I don't I don't know what kind of brainiacs you guys got. I know there's a few brainiacs over there at Tennessee, but I know that Ole Miss baseball needs to keep it real simple. Because them dudes in study hall all the well, time. Well, you got to remember uh, a recent guest is, is is now a pitching coach and, and a brainiac. So uh, you know, Redmond, big facts. <laughs> Hey, let, let's ask you. Let's ask you the true question because you know he played the humble card chase. Who's smarter, Luke or Redmond? Oh, buddy, that's a hard one. Um, I we can't ever get real answers. That no one ever says himself. They always will say the other guy. And so, right, right. Um, I'd probably have to go to Luke to be honest with you. Um, Red is insanely smart, but I I think Luke. I don't know, to be honest. I never really saw, like, their grades or anything, or I never really, like, talked to them like that. It was more of a – like a baseball kind of thing. But Well, Chase, when you go pro, be prepared to have all the 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 dirty secrets and the right answers because that's what this friends or foe thing we've been doing. And and Trey Lipscomb and Connor Pavoloni didn't hold back, nor did Cameron James Josh Hatcher. I love it. Start asking the real questions once you're not on the team anymore. Who yeah. hits better bombs? Who would you want to hit a bomb against if they're a pitcher? You know, like who's your who's your favorite teammate? All that stuff. You get the you get the dirty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm perfect glad friends or foes yeah. is Drew Gilbert and Chase Dolander. Yeah, I mean, you hit you a bomb oh. off of him. Oh, so I mean, I'm because I got I got Drew and Evan scheduled, so I should just wait and tell tell Drew. You know, I'm gonna need you to wait till next year. We got you and Chase set up. No, bring him on with Evan and then bring him back on because a guy <laughs> that's pitched against him, I think that would be. A one. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, we're going to get the down and dirty now. Obviously, Chase, you've been on the show. You played this or that with us before, but yeah. we've uh, we've revamped some of the questions. We've changed it around. So, you know, we're okay. going to play round two with you. So All right. keep, in, keep in mind the rules. Very simple. Give you two options. You choose one or the other. Just be decisive, man. Just don't yep. say both. Don't say neither. Just stick to your guns and pick one. All righty. All right, here we go. Coming out the gate hot. Coming off Thanksgiving, do you have stuffing or do you have dressing? Stuffing. That is a terrible answer. <laughs> wow. Thought you were from Georgia. What in the world? And just, like, and just like that, he's never welcome back. <laughs> and this has been the In Off the Bench podcast. <laughs> it's funny because my my whole family called it both. And so I'm like, I don't know what to call it. Well, you, you can call it stuffing, man. You, just be you, dude. Be you. He got that from Drew Gilbert. I know it. Yep. All right. Question two. Would you rather have sweet potato casserole or green bean casserole? Green bean casserole. Then you're making sweet potato casserole wrong. That's... <laughs> no, he got that one right. Green bean casserole is where it's at, my guy. The, it is the worst food at Thanksgiving. It's the worst. Whoa, that is a terrible taste. It is that okay? It's it's awful. Outside of cranberry sauce, okay, true. Like 
Especially think, in the can when it's like sliced up. Chase, don't don't, don't worry. Uh-uh. This, this is fixing to be a uh, this is fixing to be a question on IG soon enough and Twitter. We're gonna find out the voting. They're gonna be with us on this one. These guys have lost their mind. They, they so better I, be with us. I I don't so I don't feel as passionate about the hatred for green bean casserole as Randy. But I will say, as far as like levels of importance, <clears throat> it's not. Oh, it's not even close to sweet potato casserole, man. It's just not. And if if you pick green bean casseroles because you're not making sweet potato casserole correctly, <laughs> so I make green bean casserole really good. Hey, I I don't doubt it. You know, everybody who says they make gr- a really mean green bean casserole, that means they can't cook jack shit. That's the uh, only hey, thing that they do. You know, hey Daniel, whoa. you know you're my whoa. you're my sister's favorite friend. She makes the green bean casserole. When she finds out about this, dude, you're done. And I ain't seen her li- lift a spatula one in my entire life. Damn, you coming after my sister like that? I'd come I'm after coming yours, after. I'm gonna. I'm telling I, 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 I would come after your sister like that, but she'd beat my ass. That's the problem. So I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay off that. I mean, your sister probably beat me up too. So like, I, I ain't. Oh man. I I I kid mostly, but I just I don't think green bean casseroles in the top five i know that's your grandmother makes it really well and i'm sure she's a dynamite cook Chase, well but. well the bad news is you those were we're, we're going through all this debate on the easy questions these we're facing it hard now oh yeah i mean we're gonna we're going in hard right now with this uniform question would you rather have smoky grays or go dark black mode black First black. right answer he said. So, like, I really like the grays and I really like the black. So, I don't really think there's a wrong answer unless yeah. it's like 102 outside. Then I think yeah. the blacks yeah. are the wrong. Answer. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you as far as the football one. I agree with them. I, for whatever reason, I like it better in baseball, and they're the same thing. But when Tennessee came in and beat the mess out of LSU, and I was there for it, those gray uniforms were so damn sweet. Like that. That oh, might have been my favorite uniform in college football this year. Period. Those those grays look really good, but I mean the, those blacks that we wore. Oh my goodness, those are sick. With that smoky black, helmet, that Ooh, black helmet. Oh, buddy, look good. Wow. All right, who has never wear the orange helmets again? Tennessee <laughs> football. Wow. Don't ever wear your school color <laughs> on your helmet ever. Nope. Don't. All right, Chase. Who has better hair? You or Camden? Me. Man, that was a quick answer. Well, like, the the reason we asked is Camden swears he has the best hair on the team. He knows he doesn't. <laughs> you should say it when it's cut. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just expose them. There you go. Looks terrible. What is your hair <laughs> is your hair better than Kirby's stash? Are you bold enough to say that? I don't know. That that that's his signature. That's that's his signature. I can't I can't take that away from him. Yeah, that's true. Like you, you see that and you, you you're starting to associate him with that stash. So. Yeah, yeah, but that see that's the downfall, man. Like you can always grow your hair longer, make it more full. You know, cut it off if you want. Like mm-hmm. when you become a stash guy, like you just got to stay with it. Like you can there's never. No yeah, there's no, no. You're not. Back. You're not allowed to cut it off. And Randy knows why. Jordan Beck is the weirdest thing ever. Once I saw that first picture with him that without the long hair, I was like, who is that? 
it yeah. was it was just like cheese without the goggles, man. It's just like what <laughs> that bothers me still. And, and what's funny is Pavaloni came on Fraser Foes and says it bothers the shit out of him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't look it, it it doesn't look like Jordan Beck. <laughs> it doesn't look like Jordan Beck at all. It does not. I mean, has he never has he never read the Bible? You know, you cut your hair, you lose your power. Come on, man. <laughs> look, what's funny is people like you know they're supposed to know you by how you look by your face, but if you don't have your hair, somehow you can't be recognized. It's sh- your hair shapes your face. So you, you, I mean, it, you know, it. You never know. Very true. Would you rather attend a bucket list concert or a bucket list sporting event? Sporting event. All right, what is your bucket list sporting event? The Olympics. The Olympics? What is that's so broad? All right, summer or summer or winter? Winter. What event? The half pipe. Dude, he had this whole thing, dude. He had he's ready for this. What event? I mean (laughs) Dylan Cruz answer it that fast? No. Number one pick right here. Every time the half five is on on TV, I, oh my goodness, it's so interesting. Hey, I love it. I love it. I like right. new answers. I like new answers altogether too. Like he, you know, he didn't say World Series. He didn't say NBA Finals. Any of that. This man, yeah, kind of Olympics and a specific event. I'll be good of those. Kind of, kind of threw me off, but I, I can dig it. I can dig it. All right, Blake Burke. All right, over or under twenty five home runs. Over. 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 That's that's a hell of a that's that's a hell of a run. He had bombs and like 80 at bats last year. I mean he came yeah. after Daniel and said he was hitting over 25 himself. So I mean he believes it, Chase believes it. I believe it. I don't I mean I don't I don't I'm not saying he cannot do it. It's just when you look at it, like that's a lot. It is a lot. Chase, what do you think about when they've put the uh, – I'm fascinated, we all three were, when they put the clips side-by-side side of him and King Griffey Jr.'s swing. Is that not wild? That was insane. I never, like – I knew he looked like somebody, but I couldn't I couldn't really put my finger on it until I saw that video. And I was like, holy crap. Like, that's insane. Lefties have a better-looking swing as it is, but oh, his yeah. is next-level yeah. beautiful. 100%. Let, lefties – struggle doing easy tasks but the swing is definitely something that you mean like in life bro yeah like <laughs> what do i struggle to do bro let's talk about it right oh, now. oh damn <laughs> you forgot he was a lefty right writing i don't struggle to write what are you talking about who writes anyway not i don't i don't print my papers and laminate them Oh, that's because that's because you take live you, notes. That's because you realize you, you you can't because it's all smudged and, and you can't read it. Can't, uh, can't cut I, paper. To be honest, I've known Randy 26 years and I forgot he was left handed until the moment you did that. And he got it. <laughs> can't can't shake anybody's hand the right way. Dude, hold on. Do you, I, throw I, cornhole, I, do you throw cornhole bags with your left hand? Because I swear you throw yeah, with the right. I do. I throw with my left hand. Damn. Wow. I, I'm too busy getting my ass waxed to pay attention which hand it is. Yep. All right. Moving on. Yeah, for real. I mean, <laughs> lefties. Uh, Chase, would you rather be Batman or any Marvel Avenger? Batman. That's Batman. it. Thank no. you. And, and, that and is this why has been the End Off the Bench podcast. And that is why he's not Dylan Cruz. There it is. There it is. I'm so disappointed in you, Chase. Like, right. really, man. 
these guys love Batman, and there's Avengers is a plethora of guys with all these actual powers, and you choose Batman, dude. Golly, actual actual powers, like 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 what? I I have a hammer that I can throw really far. I throw webs from my hand. The whole turns great. Yeah, you keep hating on Spider Man like that. My son's going to be the one to take care of you. No, I, that was actually the question, Chase, they were talking about before the episode that I reframed it because it's always been hero or villain, which you've actually had that question before yep. because that we actually started that question because of Tennessee. Um, but I thought if I put the Avengers against and pitted them against Batman, I might actually get it swayed my way. Batman has been the, the common answer way too much, and now I'm really pissed because I still didn't get my way. But when it isn't Batman, it usually is Spider-Man. Thus, why Randy made a joke about him. Ah, you know what's crazy, Jim? Is like you wrote that question, going, "Oh, he's definitely saying." I did. I, ab- absolutely. <laughs> and hell, <laughs> that should validate everything Randy and I have saying. How many Avengers are there? Well, hell, with the way they expand out in the movies, there's like a hundred of them, dudes. And, now, but... and Batman just dominated all of them. Your 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 best guy. You could have stacked him up, and he got taken down by that. Bro, Grace Storty came on here Monday, a female soccer player, and said, "Iron Man." She had a better answer than Chase. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's debatable. Debatable. Anyway, I'm gonna tell you, Chase. Chase, you don't you don't want to you don't want to battle her though. I'm gonna forewarn you there. She she plays prison rules on on the soccer field. Trust me. When uh, like when we originally had her come on, forget the soccer field. Daniel was talking to her about growing up, and she played literally every sport and the sports that they play in Canada. So you're talking about the pipe. Like I guarantee you, like if you ask her to go hit the half pipe, like she's all about it. She'll do it. <laughs> That's sick. All right, Chase. Last question, and I don't honestly really care about the answer. Just. Just gonna be honest. Who wins the national championship? Georgia or the field? Georgia. They're oh. pretty good. They're pretty good, right? Uh, it's insane. I don't like how I don't like how easily he said it. I understand where he's from, but as a Tennessee guy, like no. he, said it, he said it too effortless. It's not even that. It's just they're so good. They, yeah, it, it's like oh my goodness, it, Chase. If you notice this though, man, there's two quarterbacks that play for Georgia. One is Stetson Bennett. And the other one is Stequavius Bennett. And Stequavius, <laughs> he played against Tennessee. My boy came out with the fade, with the hard part, some lines up in it, oh talking God. ish to the Tennessee fans with the little the phone up to the ear. If Stequavius comes out and balls, a problem. So, yeah. so we were talking about it earlier at the at the Christmas tree thing, and they said, "Is LSU going to beat Georgia?" And I said, "Probably now." And they said, "What do you mean?" I said. If they would have been playing to get in the college football playoff, I said LSU would undoubtedly lose. Now that they can win and get nothing for it, I was like, they'll win now just because it'll be solved. <laughs> and Georgia won't it won't affect Georgia. They'll still be in the playoffs. So like like LSU still won't be in any better of a situation, and Georgia will still be where they're at. So it'll it, probably happen now. It makes me mad to say that Georgia's going to win, but I mean, it. Everybody else is just I don't know. They're different. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, they're definitely good, um, for sure. And I, I don't really think the outcome of this this weekend's game is really going to dictate that at all. <laughs> but Chase, man, it was good having you back on. Anything that you want to plug or promote before you bounce up out of here? Um, yeah, just follow my Instagram, I guess, Twitter. Um, 
Instagram's right, well, one. Twitter's Lil Doe two thousand one. Lil Doe oh one and Lil Doe two thousand one. Or if you just want to know what Tennessee Vols are doing, head on over to your socials at Vol underscore Baseball. You'll get to see the up to date. And who knows, Chase, you might take over Connor Pavaloni's spot as being the social media guy. Like your <laughs> face could be over all of it now. That'd so, be crazy. I don't that, know. That, Drew, Drew Beam is trying to take that spot, actually. My, let, my man's out there modeling suits. I see him. Let, let my boy Chase roll into that number one spot and watch what happens. <laughs> I made a mistake. It, my Twitter is Dolander Chase, not Lil Do 2001. Look, look, hey, what would you, Daniel? Let me ask you. You're on the you're on the spot before you let him go on the this or that. Would you rather have the the drew beam suit you know nil setup or would you rather have the nerf and the and the and the protein shake set up like like chase give me give me the nerf and the protein <laughs> set up i don't i oh, mean yeah. I, oh, I don't, yeah. what am i gonna do as a college kid with a suit i don't know randy might pick the suit he's a he's a business attire guy as you know a, i've actually i've changed my style i'm more business casual now <laughs> oh no no more suits for me and I thought wearing a suit would get, you know, Chase and Drew's attention at the Tennessee game, but it didn't, so I'm out. Damn, you wore a suit <laughs> and they flew No, nah, hell no, nah, bro. I was wearing shorts and a hoodie, bro. I was about to say. <laughs> I, thought, no I thought that it was going to be, like, uh, cold, and then it wasn't, and then it did get cold, and there was, like, 20,000 people there, and it only holds 5,000 in the stadium. They ran out of food. They ran out of nachos. They ran out of tacos. I mean. They ran they, out of food? They were not ready for the Tennessee faithful. That's Chase. what that's what that. Chase was actually going to talk to the chancellor about. It's I his mean, food problem. Get you guys more food. Yep. Yeah. Chase. I got a friend of mine that's on the Memphis coach staff, right? He was gave me all kinds of business. He said, Hey man, I saw you up in the stands, but I saw you was on the Tennessee side wearing orange. I'm like, I mean, duh. <laughs> Chase, man, it's been a pleasure. If there's Anything we can do for you along the way, reach out to us. You know we got your back, dude. We wish appreciate you the best, it. the best of luck, man. It's uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good season. It it's could be, be, it could be, and it has potential to be one hundred percent a historic season. Are you going to Omaha, Daniel? That's all I want to know. Me and Randy are there. Are you going? I mean, I I got a lot of things in the works over, uh, over right the, now over the on the show. If Chase Dolander. Chase Burns, Drew Beam, lead that team to Omaha. Daniel, commit like they're committing. All right, I'll go. Hey, I'll go. Go. you know, and and if when when you guys go, and I say when, we'll all be there, and we'll do it. We'll do a show live at some point. There we go. You know, you know, we Wait, might we'll we live. Yeah, we might even be in the parking lot tailgating, doing our thing. I mean, you know, some behind-the-scenes footage. Who knows? Who knows? All right, Chase, man, it's been a blast. That's Chase Dolander, everybody. If you like hearing Chase's story or you just like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, likes, loves, hearts, hugs, all of it. We'll take it all. Give us all the positive accolades that you got. We'll take it. And we'll see everyone next week for episode 33, where we're going to switch gears. We're going to be talking the fight game with Jaleel Willis and Eric Anders. 
This has been the End Off the Bench Podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.